Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am so super excited for this podcast. We are talking about one of my ultimate loves. Today we're going to explore how to stress less, live more, and the transformative effects of restorative yoga. So I can't wait to dive in. Hey there, and welcome to Empower, Uplift, and Transform podcast. I'm your host, Misty Lucas, and I'm a coach who's passionate about working with women who are chronically stressed, continuously feeling unseen, and are playing small in their lives. My intention, my goal is to help women move from just living to thriving in their lives. This podcast is an opportunity to invite you into my world to share my experiences, all the while interviewing some pretty inspiring women. My experiences with a health crisis back in 2011 brought me to a place where I was able to completely shift my perception about how I thought life was meant to be. And it created opportunities for me to see how I was not showing up in the world and sharing my own gifts. I can't wait for you to dive in, listen, and hopefully find a nugget to inspire you to start your own unraveling and change your life to create a life that you deserve and one that you can't wait to start living. Welcome. I'm really excited to share just some insights around one of my passions, restorative yoga. And what I wanted to do was talk about it in the sense of how it can really offer stress release. And so when we start by having a deeper understanding around stress and the impact it has on our physical and mental health, we can then really see the transformative effects that restorative yoga can have once we understand what restorative yoga is offering. So lots to cover today, but I wanted to start in the area of understanding what is stress. When we think about stress, it is a topic that can really mean different things to different people. And when I think about stress or the context in which I'm sharing today, it's really, I think of it as a physiological response to what you're thinking or feeling and it's really our perception so if we're perceiving something that could be life-threatening it can trigger a stress response and the thing about stress is that it's really a contributing factor in disease in the body and there have been lots of studies done and it has shown that 75 to 90 percent of chronic disease has a lifestyle or stress component. And when we think of stress in this idea, it can really be anything. And it's about our own perception. The reality is we are all radically unique human beings. So when we think of stress, it's going to be what causes that perception of something that's threatening coming through our own lens. So my lens is going to be different than your lens or someone else's lens. And what we're looking at stress-wise will vary from person to person. Now, definitely there's similarities, they're common ground, but the reality is, is each person will experience 
a stress trigger from something as it's coming in through their own unique lens because it really comes down to our own perception. It comes down to how our minds are responding to the stimuli we're receiving, right? And the reality is, is it could be an external or an internal factor that's creating that stress response. And so stress really is a physiological response to what we think and feel may be life-threatening. And it can be anything on how we interpret it. So stress can show up as an imbalance in our thinking. When we have over-responsibilities, like so many on our plate, that, that can sort of equal stress. Anxiety can show up as an expression of stress. On a physical level, stress can show up as complete exhaustion, fatigue. On a mental level, it might show up that we're easily distracted, that we really struggle with focusing on something. On an intellectual level, it could show as frustration, like so frustrated at things. And I know I experienced that. And when we think about it, stress is really a thought or feeling an emotion. And our source of stress can be our thoughts, right? That's really where it's coming from. It's like, what are we seeing and how are we interpreting it that's then creating that response within us? So just to explore stress a little, like two types of stress um, is acute, which is stress that happens in the moment. So sort of examples of stress in the moment could be if you're doing public speaking. So you could have that stress response that triggers. So maybe it's your heart quickens, you start to sweat. I know I get dry mouth. So noticing, thinking like, how does your acute stress show up for you? Then we also have chronic stress. And that's like stress when we're living in that stress response for a long period of time. And that's the stress we really want to be aware of or tune in. And sometimes we don't even really realize that we've been living in a chronic state of stress. So that's where I believe that restorative yoga can be so helpful because we're actually supporting the body and it might not even be that you're aware of how you're supporting the body to come into that space of healing. So it's really interesting when we think about stress in that it might be easy to go down a road and say how bad stress is. Well, the reality is, is we all have stress and we will all have stress in our life. And I don't know that I agree that stress is bad. I think where the issue comes into play from my perspective is when we don't have tools to manage stress, when we don't have tools to bring ourselves out of the stress response, right? So me learning about all of this really was so vital for me to bring myself back into health when I didn't realize that I had been under stress and living in chronic stress for so many years, like years before I even started working in law, right? Like this went back for many, many years. My body was in a chronic state of stress, but it was my baseline. So I didn't really even realize it. Where I think we can kind of get stuck or not supporting ourselves is not having the tools to bring us out of the stress response or not giving ourselves the opportunity to rest, not giving us our bodies the opportunity to just 
be because we are in this frenetic world of always wanting to go, go, go and do, 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 and really equating our value to how much we are always doing, performing, and and making sure people can see us that as worthy, right? And so this is where I believe restorative yoga can be so powerful to help us with healing this chronic stress state. So it's not about eliminating all the stress from your life, but it's about building resiliency in your nervous system and having tools to calm the nervous system in order to support the body to come out of that stress state. And so I just touched on the nervous system, which is such a huge topic. But to give like a little overview of what it is, when we think of the nervous system, I'm thinking of just sort of that one little part of the autonomic nervous system. There, so there's our nervous system is like the CIA of the body. But what I want to just chat about quickly is the autonomic nervous system, which holds the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system, right? So when stress comes in, it heightens our sympathetic nervous system, which really means it initiates and activates this part of our nervous system, which then a whole chain of events happens within the body. So you can think of it sort of like, I had one teacher talk about the sympathetic nervous system as like the a gas pedal in a car. So it's like the accelerator. It's the accelerator of, of certain parts of your system. So you might find that your heart starts to beat faster. Your breath quickens. Your muscles start to tense. Um, you can find that what's happening inside the body is that you're starting to release hormones into the body in order to kind of get the body ready for that fight or flight mode. So you may have heard the term fight, flight, freeze, or fawn, and those appear when we come into that sympathetic nervous system, right? It's like putting the system into full speed ahead. So it's really a way for us to cope in a rapidly escalating, threatening situation. So this was amazing for us when we were cavemen because really what we want is if we needed to get out, like we're out hunting, gathering, and saber-toothed tiger comes upon us, this part of our system would activate and would get us out of danger, right? It would help prepare the body to run, to flight, like to get away, or if we needed to fight, it was preparing us to do that. Or if we needed to freeze, to play dead, it did that, right? And so, but in today's world, it can really be a response to stress, right? To something that we find. So it could be perfectionism could create a stress response. Having to pay a bill when we're worrying about money, loss of a job, like things like this can really create that stress response. And so in the caveman days, once you got yourself to safety, right? Your body would regulate and come back down, right? And move back into the parasympathetic nervous system where that would be activated to help draw you out of that state of fight or flight. Whereas nowadays, we can kind of get stuck in that reaction in a permanent state. And then the parasympathetic nervous system doesn't have an opportunity to come online. And so we have that 
sympathetic nervous system that activates all of those parts of us and it goes it's a lot deeper but i don't want to get too technical today's purposes but understanding when you go into a stress response your body is releasing chemicals it's activating it's heightening your systems it's shutting down certain systems like your digestion your immune your repair and growth of cells because it's taking the energy on those systems and sending it out into your extremities to make sure that you are prepared to fight or flight. And so what we want to do then to come out of that stress response is we want to kind of lift off the accelerator and help the parasympathetic nervous system come online, right? And that's our rest and our digest. That's the part of our body where everything starts to come back online, right? The heart rate starts to calm, our breathing starts to regulate, and our systems come back online. Our digestion starts working, the immune system, growth and repair of cells, our reproductive, our elimination systems, everything starts to come back online, right? So we've lifted off that accelerator and the parasympathetic nervous system is doing what it needs to do to bring the body back into harmony, okay? And so what can happen when we are in the stress reaction, it's not removed until the brain no longer perceives that the environment is risky. It's saying, okay, we're safe. It's time to start to recover. And the body needs about 20 minutes to physically recover from an acute stress reaction, right? You can have your adrenaline surge affect you up to an hour. This release of the hormones could last a little longer. So it really can take some time for the body to re-regulate. And what we want to think about is how can we support the body to come back into regulation? What can I do right when I'm noticing? So you had a stressful day at work, right? Maybe lots of deadlines, things coming up, but what can you do when you're done work to support the body to come out of that state? How can you ease into the evening? How can you give yourself space and time to really come off that gas pedal, come off that accelerator and allow the body to start to relax? right? So it's finding ways to be able to support that as opposed to staying in that chronic stress state. Because when we stay in that state, we are consistently pumping those stress hormones into the system, right? We're now on a loop. So it might not be like how it responds in an acute, but if you think of it like you are revving the engine constantly. So consistently having these hormones come into the body, right? Which are not good. It's not good for the body, right? So we're built for it to happen, but we're built for it to recover, to have that resiliency. And when we lose that resiliency and that ability, that's when we get into the danger zone. So what is restorative yoga? And how can it be a tool to use to come out of this stress response, to help build that resiliency in your nervous system? Restorative yoga is, a practice it's a very quiet yoga practice and in it you 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 can use props to support the body and keeping the joints in flexion in order to find comfort and ease and really facilitate a space that allows you to just come into a place of being so you may come into a posture and hold that posture for 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes, really depends. 
But this is really about having stress in the body so the body's fully, fully supported so that the body can know it's safe. So it knows that it doesn't need to do anything. So there's no like active muscle work and it can then begin to release. So you're really releasing deep layers of tension that are held in the body. You're allowing gravity to do the work, but you're not coming into a full on stretch because the body is fully, fully supported in the posture. And so it's really an attempt to create a state of ease in your nervous system. That's the beauty of restorative yoga. It is deliberately focusing on creating that peaceful state in your nervous system. And so restorative yoga has been around for a while and really gone through different sort of incarnations with different teachers and really bringing it in more to the mainstream. Like even when I started practicing restorative yoga 10 years ago, it really wasn't available at a lot of yoga studios because of the propping and and the equipment that might be needed for certain classes. It wasn't something that, that was being invested in, but now you can pretty much find almost, almost every yoga studio offers at least one restorative yoga class because the benefits and the healing effects of it are really starting to be seen on how it can really support that nervous system and the decompression from a stressful day. And so one of um, one of the more well-known yoga teachers, B.K.S. Iyengar, he said, the body is the prop for the soul, so why not let the body be, tr- be propped by a wall or a block? So he started to really introduce props to help modify poses when he saw his students straining in a yoga pose or having pain and injury from poses. So he started to introduce these props in order to support the body. So that was really one way that we started to get into this idea of not pushing the body or stressing the body, but actually supporting it. Judith Lassiter is another beautiful yoga teacher who's really a pioneer of restorative yoga and and has a couple of books out around it, including Renew and Relax. And Jillian Pransky is another one, another restorative yoga teacher who really explores this idea of deep listening. So beautiful, beautiful teachers that share their wisdom and, and the power of this work. So when we think of restorative yoga, It's a practice to bring you from activity to receptivity. So you're moving away from doing all of the activity, all the things that you do, to a place of just allowing yourself to receive. How delicious does that sound? So when I think about a restorative yoga practice, I love to think about this idea of I'm right here, right now. And that's it. That's as simple as it gets. So when we're thinking about restorative yoga, it's just about being right here, right now. Taking the time to tune inward and just be in the moment. When practicing restorative yoga, we really want to ensure that the body's fully supported 
so that the mind can come into that stillness, so that the mind doesn't go to where there's discomfort or dis-ease in the body, but really just allow you to settle in. The reality is it takes up to 20 minutes for us to physiologically come into a state of relaxation. So it takes some time. So we wanna make sure that we're comfortable, that we're warm, that it's quiet, and that we're able to really sink deeply into the practice. Restorative yoga is a beautiful tool to calm the nervous system. So we talked about stress and finding ways to build that resiliency, finding ways to calm the nervous system. It's a beautiful way to bring the mind and the body back into its natural state. There is no physical movement. It's just an absolute beautiful way for you to rest, to relax, and to start to connect to that inner wisdom, right? That innate wisdom that we all have within ourselves that can get lost with all the external extraneous noise that's around us. And it's an opportunity to tune in. And I won't lie, this is not an easy practice. Like I personally think this is one of the most challenging practices for me. Uh, and I often tell my students that. And I have had students who come in that I can, that I believe, or I see intuitively that a restorative practice would serve them. And so gifting them a practice and they try it and they hate it. Absolutely hated it. But they came back and now they love it. But at first it can be really intimidating, disconcerting, because we're not used to allowing ourselves to just be in a state of being. It can feel uncomfortable. The silence can feel uncomfortable. It can almost feel overbearing. So it does take time. And with restorative, it's cumulative. So we really want to incorporate this into our life to create this ability to bring in that state of calm, to build that resiliency in the nervous system, to be able to support us. And there's other parts of restorative yoga practice that other teachers that can bring in. There's breath work, there's meditation. So there's lots of ways to help support us come into this deeper practice and to start doing this deeper work, right? And sometimes this is, for me, this was my entry point into doing the deeper work, was being able to still my body and my mind and really tap into my spirit to tap into my essence because I couldn't for so long because it was also noisy around me. So it's such a beautiful practice to bring in and help relieve that stress state that you might be living in. And it might just be one pose, it might just be 20 minutes, a couple times a week, right? I know for me, sometimes I do a, in the middle of the afternoon, I do a little 20 minute Shavasana right? Fully supported, really just allowing my mind and body to rest. And I feel so much better afterward. This is a practice that I am so inspired to share and to teach people about because I feel it's something so desperately needed in our world, so desperately needed in our society. And it's a gift. It's a gift that we can give ourselves. And one that a lot of people shy away from because it's looked at, some people look at it as like lazy yoga or not doing anything, so it's not productive. There's so many more things I could be doing. But when you see the profound effect it has on your body, 
how it can help ease those times of stress. And the more you do it, the easier you're able to start to bring your body out of the stress state, right? You build that resiliency. So it is so productive, but in a very quiet and mindful way. It's about shifting our mindset around this type of practice, which is why I'm so devoted to continuously sharing and teaching. And I have created a restorative yoga training, which is not only for yoga teachers. It's for anybody who wants to deepen their practice, wants to explore this idea of connecting to their inner wisdom, of learning how to breathe, of understanding their nervous system on a deeper level, of exploring meditation, of connecting and being in nature. Really all parts of it, I created this training, this in-person training, because I feel that this is such a valuable practice. So I'm so excited that I'm offering it again this month at the end of the month and I really only take six students at a time so it's a very small intimate setting small number of students so that we can really dive deep and create safe space for ourselves to be in it together so if you're interested at all there's a link in the show notes I'd love for you to join me so now after that shameless plug just to think about the power of restorative yoga it's a beautiful way to support better sleep hygiene It's a beautiful way to help support your digestion, to build up your immune system, to really just come back to an overall better well-being, right? To really build that resiliency and to really notice how you're feeling. So I really invite you, if this is intriguing to you or you feel like you navigate stress on a high level a lot of the time, to go and find yourself a restorative yoga class. Give yourself the gift of restorative. Explore it, play with it, see what you come up with. Even if you just find one pose that you practice on your own. Like I said, Shavasana is the king of all restorative yoga poses. So find a way to play with Shavasana at home. Explore it, see how it goes. And let me know because if you do this just a couple times a week for a month, I bet you'll notice a difference. You'll start to make shifts and changes. So I encourage you to think about bringing in more rest, more relaxation, finding ways to build more resiliency in your nervous system. And if you have any questions at all, please feel free to reach out, send me an email, drop a comment in the notes, and um, I'd be happy to connect. So have the most amazing day. And until we meet again. Do you celebrate all the wins in your life, no matter how big or small? I know I sure do. And so in this moment, I'm celebrating you for finishing another podcast episode and soaking up new ways to empower, transform, and uplift your life. Want to grab the show notes and all the links talked about in today's podcast? Well, you're going to find those in the episode's description, along with a link to join my Facebook community, Supporting Resilient Women. In this group, I share even more insight, tips, and tools to live your best life. Until we meet again, my friend, and to your dreams.